This podcast deals with themes of murder, drug use, and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. photos. I know this because I've checked. I've been asking around. No one has anything. This isn't a surprise to me though. I've got less than a hundred photos of my entire time at high school. And if you've ever lost your phone or your camera on a boozy night out, you can probably relate to why kids in the 90s didn't carry cameras around at parties, especially film cameras. And when photos were taken, we had to get them produced at a Photoshop, which took a few days. So we didn't always take photos, rarely did. So as far as I know, there is no photo record of this night at all. And I'm almost positive there's no photos of Annabelle, at least through the people I know. But I remember her. She was stunning. She was about five foot five, slim, blonde hair and blue eyes. Her hair fell over her shoulders and she dressed really simply. This was grunge period after all, so maybe jeans and a simple top, maybe Converse All-Stars on her feet, something like that, and Oakley Sunnies on her face. What was most attractive about her though wasn't her body, it was her personality. She walked into that party that night, effectively a stranger. But within an hour or so, she owned it. She seemed to know everybody. The boys were loving it, but the girls not so much. They were probably threatened by her looks. But if anyone was threatened about anything by her, it was her confidence. She was incredible. Charismatic, intelligent, obviously beautiful, but in essence somebody that inspired confidence in others. Now along the way through my career I've met lots of people like that, but certainly not as a 17 year old teenager. I don't think I appreciated at the time just how, uh, just how far ahead she was of all of us in maturity and understanding of the world. And she did seem worldly. Not in the way a first-time traveller seems worldly. Perhaps world-weary might be a better way to describe her. She just seemed to have the wisdom of somebody much older. She didn't need to be the loudest voice to be noticed. She was obviously charming but she seemed to save her words for use at exactly the right moment after she carefully considered all of the discussion.
Now this was 25 years ago. So I wouldn't have the first clue about the content of the conversations that were had that night. There would have been dozens, hundreds, a bunch of drunk kids up on a mountain. But what I do remember was the dynamics. We were all up there. I remember the standard bravado from all the footy boys. They would have been talking shit around a few bottles of unmixed Jimmy and Coke. Um, but loud and fun, you know, overall pretty harmless. All pretty good guys, actually, and a few are still good mates of mine. Uh, there would have been definitely a lot of sipping vodka, cruises, or something like that from the girls, or some sort of a passion pop, cheap champagne from the from the bottle shop. Wine wasn't even on the cards for us yet, unless somebody brought along a goon bag. Same again, uh, these are all kids that grew into good people. They're now mums, they have careers, or both. Then there were the other kids that couldn't be classified in any obvious way. And that's how we liked it. I was in that group. Misfits, intellectuals, ravers, people into triple J bands, and reading books. Real books, proper books. Then there was the smaller minority of people who had jobs. This was a big deal at the cusp of the end of high school. This meant having a disposable income. More alcohol, more drugs, more of everything. Including attitude. Annabelle bridged these social boundaries easily, like an effective politician campaigning. She seemed to know everyone. If we'd been in a room, she would have been working it. She was keyed into what people were talking about, what people cared about. She took an accurate read of what people cared about and responded to them. So everybody gained trust in her quickly. Overall, I recall it was a pretty happy group and maybe 20 or so people dropped in and out of that party at different times throughout the night. Everyone was up and happy not because it was a warm sunny night, or the week before Christmas. Most of us had finished year 12, so we would have only received our results a week or so before. So wherever we were going, there was a sense of excitement in the air. So where could Annabelle be now? Whether she was a business leader, a mum, a wife, politician, I know she would have brought people together. She would have led, led from the front. Got things done, made things happen. She was just that kind of person. Why would a girl be at a gathering on top of a mountain where she basically didn't know anybody? This has bugged me for years. In 1996, nobody could find Burke's Lookout without knowing it was there. Like, seriously. Hardly any of us had phones. And even if we did, there wouldn't really be anyone to call. So word of mouth ran everything. That's how we got stuff done. She must have been invited by someone in the group. 
or at least I thought so until I started recording this podcast. It made sense that, like any party in any town in Australia on any given weekend, someone invited someone else and she turned up to the party. Some sort of a link to whoever was having this party was completely essential for my logic to work. However, I can't remember the exact people she arrived with, other than knowing that for sure, like everyone else that night, she walked down the track and emerged in the clearing where the lookout was and the party was happening. Why do I believe this? I believe this because if the opposite had happened, for example, a stranger showing up at a party without anyone, it might have stood out as being a bit strange, a bit weird. So as far as I've been piecing this story together, that's been my logic. For years, I've always assumed she was invited by somebody known to the group, and they arrived together. If you extend that logic out, if she was hurt that night, it's more likely it was by someone who knew her, rather than by some random act of violence. This then means there had to be a connection to somebody in our friendship group. I can't imagine any of my friends being violent, but I guess it wasn't unheard of. And like any kids that age, there were some wicked blow-ups along the way. There were punch-ons at the Deb after party and the odd drunken fight at a house party. And they were worse when we started underage drinking so they were not unheard of. So if this logic holds, I'd now like to pose some possibilities. Possibility one, an out of control fight. This is the idea that Annabelle got into some argument with her friend, the person that she came with, or friends, and was violently pushed. I think this is the least likely possibility, but I'm including it for now. For somebody to be so angry to push another person off a cliff, especially within this group, I find it unlikely. And for if any reason that they did, regardless of how drug affected or drunk they were, pretty quickly raised the alarm that Annabelle had gone over. People would have tried to get down to her, and when realising that the bush was inaccessible, too steep and too dense, and probably too dark, we would have raised the alarm. We would have got out of there, called the police, and got something happening. The second possibility I'm considering is that there was a bad accident. She got too close to the edge and slipped. Nobody saw it happen. She hit the bottom, unconscious, and nobody went looking. With so many people coming and going that night, this is possible. However, I imagine that the person she came with would have gone looking. So this also makes this theory tenuous. Both of these theories hold in a way, except there's something that doesn't add up, and I'll get to that later. 
Possibility 3. Sexual assault. The most uncomfortable possibility of all. It's possible, but I just can't see it. The people there were mostly my friends. Now, that doesn't preclude anyone from doing such a thing. But I just find it incredibly hard to accept that there could have been a sexual assault up there. So to now, I've been assuming she disappeared in three different ways. But all of them are predicated on the same thing. So far, it's logical to consider why she was there in the first place. Though that's pretty obvious to me, it doesn't need any further consideration. She was going to a party. People, drinks, something to do. Friday night. Summer. Absolutely what you'd do. But after we consider why she was there, we move on to the heart a bit, and that's how she got there. This is really important because it wasn't a location you could easily catch a bus to. And I doubt very much she would have capped it, not to somewhere so far from a train station. If she'd been an apprentice or had a part-time job, that would have been the best part of a week's pay to get up there. So I've always worked on the assumption that she was invited to the party, firstly, and got a lift up there, or dropped off, with whoever invited her. I saw her arrive with my own eyes, and definitely not alone, though I can't remember who she was with. Nobody can. And nobody can recall taking her home, but we'll get to that later. There's another way of looking at this point though, and it's only become apparent as I put these words down and reread them. I've always assumed that she knew people because she arrived with people, and she was introduced to us by those people. That makes sense, right? A person arrives with other people to a party, nothing strange about that. But here's what doesn't sit right with me. The track was about 350 metres in from the car park, if a group of teenagers, half drunk, meet a person walking up the track, it's very likely they would all jowl in the spirit of a festive Saturday night, a week before Christmas, quickly make friends and finish the track together. Annabelle may have arrived at the mountain alone, but she arrived at the party with others. If this is true, it reduces the chance of whoever she arrived with having a motive. So it's very possible that she arrived on that mountain alone. But why would anyone go to such an effort to get to such a remote spot? 